0: In this following session, we discuss sexual assault, and I want you to know this before you listen. If you haven't heard the first part of this session, I invite you to listen to it, as it will help you understand why I needed a part two and why I wanted to offer this young woman a part two to her most perplexing question. Support for Where Should We Begin comes from Solare, a brand of supplements I use myself. Solare has a new line of women's supplement called Her Life Stages, and it includes a powerful solution for postmenopause. Her Life Stages Postmenopause is a doctor-formulated supplement to help you with lingering hot flashes, night sweats, mood, sleep, weight loss, and cognitive health. Visit solarray.com and use code esther 20 to save 20% on this and any stages formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA, and this product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode of Where Should We Begin is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? situations. Hi. Hi, hi. hi. <laughs> you didn't expect that we would talk so soon, right? I didn't, no. <laughs> I'm excited. Because I, I had, you know, some conversations last, they stay with me. Uh So when you hung up where you said, oh, I wish I had said this or asked about that. Um, So that was my first thought is actually, Uh what did she walk away with? Uh I said so many things. We went into a very different direction, I think, than the one you thought we would go. Mm -hmm. So I wondered when Evil Voice, it still is the same name? Yes. When Evil Voice says, you can do this, you can hurt him. You Mm -hmm. can get away with it. Nobody will notice. In some way, it almost says, I want him to feel what I felt. Mm -hmm. It's more even than him just being curious and asking me something. It's almost like, or one way he would understand something besides Mm -hmm. just the facts is if he felt what I felt. Yeah. Um,
1: to sort of challenge that, I feel like, like in my heart, I don't want to hurt him ever. And when you say like, I want him to feel what I felt, I don't know if that's exactly what I'm
0: internalizing. Please, in me. I, th- these are just yeah. thoughts that went through my head that i wondered and but they, i absolutely don't think i'm right. So yeah. i like when you say nah doesn't fit please, uh-huh. please take it take it where it needs to go. I think
1: it's more so like i think those thoughts are challenging me as a person to like It's telling me like, um, so, oh, so you're in love or you're in a serious relationship. Let's see how far my thoughts can go to make her mess that up. And it's like constantly like challenging me in a way to be the bad person. Kind of, um, and I don't know why they, they're so constant in my mind. Um, but yeah, that's sort of how I, I feel that these thoughts are. It's sort of like, oh, you think you're in a good spot right now? It's kind of like self sabotage, but I'm constantly choosing to not sabotage myself.
0: Can I ask you, how did your family or your friends react? Mm-hmm.
1: Um when I asked my family member, because this this family member had has been in a relationship for over 15 years. Um and so I asked him, Oh, do you ever get thoughts of cheating on your partner? And automatically he was like, No, never. He said, Yeah, like when we argue, I'll be like, like, ugh she's so annoying or something but he's like that's never crossed my mind and i i was like great i love that for you (laughs) but for me it's like that's that's what happened like that's how i feel sometimes um and then my friends they've just told me like just don't tell him you know as long as you're not acting on it just ignore those thoughts and let time
0: pass by. Maybe it'll go away. Um, Did you share with your family or your friends about the assault? Yes. And how did they react to that?
1: They were very empathetic. Um, They were there when I needed them. And I think they believe that I moved on from that. And so... It hasn't been brought up in years now, which I like because I don't want to bring it up constantly Mm -hmm. um, with friends and family. Uh, But they they were very empathetic about it and they were there throughout the whole process. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, I thought I had also, first of all, it's incredible that they were there and that they showed up for you. But the other thing is between never bringing it up and constantly bringing it up, there's a bit of a gap. Yeah. There's a space in between never and constantly.
2: Uh
0: That means sometimes. But the thing that I stayed with was you could put the emphasis on the cheating and you could put the emphasis on the nobody will ever know and I can get away with this which I assume mm-hmm. is what your assault person thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That they yeah. could get away with this. And that that's what he said to himself. Nobody will notice and mm-hmm. I can get away with it. And so then I thought, do you wonder how he got away with it? And the voice, because this is not a literal voice, But it is setting you up for the same. The emphasis is less on the act of what it is that you hear. The cheating is the secondary part. Mm -hmm. The bigger part is how does one get away with this? Yeah. And nobody notices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a part of what you said about your boyfriend is you want him to notice more. Because sometimes when people don't acknowledge, there is a bit of a subtle shaming and judgment. Yeah. This is behind you, Mm -hmm. which emphasizes even more that your assaultant gets away with it and nobody notices.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah. That's what stayed with me. Because this is a bit of a, a reenactment of trauma. Not a bit. This is what we call trauma reenactment. Mm-hmm. But this time in the role of the of the aggressor, this time it's you're doing it. Almost to figure out how does one do such a thing and get away with it. And even mm-hmm. voice keeps telling you that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I really resonate with that because... Um, my evil like evil voice is saying like, get away with cheating. You can do it. And, but I'm constantly having to choose to be a good person. And so it's like, it's constantly, the voice is constantly challenging me right. and constantly like, I'm still here. There's still a bad person inside of you.
0: It's yeah. not a bad person. It's so not a bad person. But it is the way that sometimes we reenact the trauma and it's hiddenness. Mm -hmm. If you take it as she is egging you on to cheat, then you're disconnecting it from what is the evil voice really saying to you? You Mm -hmm. know? It says he doesn't notice. And when he doesn't notice us, it brings back the feeling of what it was like that this assaultant could get away with this and nobody noticed. It brings back the fact that in the not noticing and the not acknowledging what you went through, there's a subtle shaming and judgment. Mm-hmm. I would like for you not to take it at as literal. This is not about what this is the cheating is not Mm -hmm. literal. You have no intention. This is not, I see you with desire for somebody else and turned on by other people and wanting to seduce Mm -hmm. and this and that. You know, I've heard Mm -hmm. people who are inclined to transgress. You don't sound like that. You sound like someone who is working something true that is living inside of you and that is being awakened or reignited because you are with someone who doesn't acknowledge. Mm. Yeah. Not because he's mean, because he's probably thinking that he doesn't want to hurt you or make you feel bad, so he prefers not to ask. But in not asking, he emphasizes the hiddenness of it all. Yeah. And the hiddenness of it all is probably one of the most important parts of this traumatic experience for you. You're the one for five years dealing with this afterwards. We have to take a brief break. Stay with us.
1: I actually talked to him yesterday about... Uh, what we had discussed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he
0: what did you say?
1: So I told him that I love that he is understanding and accepting of me. Um, but I wish that he was more curious about the process that i that I go through when it comes to... Like problem solving, or when it comes to like like emotional, emotion based um, situations,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he doesn't really ask questions about that or acknowledge that sometimes I'm struggling um, emotionally, and he took it. It was kind of rough at first because he took it as like I'm asking him to do something that's out of his nature. He doesn't ask questions because he doesn't want to pick and, and probe the situation. Uh, and he's, he told me, if I I feel like eventually I will figure it out. Um, and he also said it, it's kind of unfair because he, um, he feels like with that conversation and what he took from it, he feels like moving forward, if we if I were to tell him something and he didn't ask me any questions, that it's gonna be a negative like mark on on his end and I'm gonna get mad. And so I was like, no, 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 no. It's none of that. I just want you to realize that I that I'm an open book and I want you to truly know me and know the person, like how I became who I am now. And so I just like told him as a note, just constantly be curious about me. You know, like I know we've known each other for so long, but just continue with the curiosity, like how we were in our first date or second date. Um, and so it ended well, the conversation. I feel like he understood, he towards the end, understood what I was asking and what I would like. Um, but it was hard to get to that point because he was just understanding a completely different um, thing that I was telling him. Yeah, so we'll see how it goes. To like, I don't know if he's actually going to
0: be more curious. Um, Do you have a feeling that he understood that unbeknownst to him, when he is not curious, it intensifies the feeling of hiddenness. You know, when when our traumatic experiences are hidden, which then, of course, intensifies the shame, it intensifies the isolation, The point is not to talk about it all the time. The point is to know Mm -hmm. that if you want to, you can, and there's someone who will hear it because the act of sharing it is what takes away the hiddenness, the get away with it, the Mm -hmm. no one will know, the I can damage you and just go on with my merry life. Yeah. That's why you call it evil voice because you call it a voice of vengeance, a voice yeah. that wants to react against that aspect of the experience. There are other parts that are so hurtful, but this piece is what this voice has focused on.
1: Yeah. I, I think that for so many years I spent thinking about the assault um, and now that I'm in a healthy relationship, I'm not thinking about the assault anymore. And subconsciously, it is coming back to me in that way, for sure.
0: You are clear on that now.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Did you know it before?
1: No, no. I just thought that I am constantly letting my intrusive thoughts win. And... um this was just another intrusive thought that just wouldn't go away. But now, digging deep, it does seem like I've thought about this one specific event in my life for so many years. And it's not just going to completely go away. It's going to manifest and morph into something different.
0: It's one more dimension of this experience that I need to bring full circle. I am now able to be with a new partner. I'm able to connect, to fall in love, to make love, to be loved, to be desired, all of the above. But mm-hmm. I need that experience to find its place in the thread of my life. And if it becomes, if it becomes a hidden piece here, then in a way mm-hmm. it keeps it alive, when in mm-hmm. fact, what I would like is to morph it into something else. So the intrusive thought is trying to accomplish something. It's saying there's one more thing you need here. But it's not about go ahead and cheat. It uses that script to deal with the hiddenness. hmm I just wanted to say that to you because it stayed with me and I just thought it may and I thought maybe not at all maybe I'm just off but the fact that you called it the evil voice
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know the, there is an anger at him yeah for in a way under the guise of respect and I'm not intrusive and all of that um inviting silence and there's a in that silence there is a bit of shaming and judgment
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is one of the things when we have these types of traumatic experiences that really do become intrusive thoughts yeah is this helpful was it worth calling you back
1: <laughs> yes that was that was very helpful because one thing i didn't understand in our last call was I do get the reason why I think that I can get away with, with quote unquote, with cheating. Um, so that, that made perfect sense. But I didn't understand why cheating? Why not getting away with something else? Like, I don't know, binge eating or, you know, or something. Um, why does it have to go to something that is going to harm
0: someone that I love? Because that's what the guy did to you. Yeah. You're not gonna choose something that doesn't affect him. Your overeating yeah. doesn't really do a big that's not a big issue for him. You the, the cheating is the perfect metaphor for something that is secretive, that is hidden, that is hurtful, that involves sex. I mean it has it it's the right metaphor
2: mm-hmm.
0: for doing something hurtful. And then getting away with it. In this instance, it's not always that. Just in in the way that evil voice is using it.
1: Yeah, it's something that would bring me shame if I were to cheat. And that's exactly how I felt after the assault for so many years, is just shame. And yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm.
0: The conversation you had with him yesterday was just the beginning. You know?
1: yeah yeah it's a
0: pro it's gonna going to be a process for sure could you imagine writing him a letter would he be more receptive mm-hmm definitely yeah in a way when you don't ask me anything it's it's as if you're joining forces with the the evil forces of mm-hmm. assault and its hiddenness. I know you don't intend that. I know you have no idea that that's what is happening. But I think it's important that you understand that.
1: Mm-hmm. I love that. It seems as if you are joining forces with the secretness.
0: Yes. Yeah. We are in the midst of our session and there is still so much to talk about. We need to take a brief break. So stay with us. I think that in our first conversation, we got close, but we didn't get there all the way.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. And... I just thought, I can't let you just really think of this in literal sense, that this is about cheating and this is about, you know, being egged on to act poorly. I wanted you to really put it in the context of this traumatic event
2: mm-hmm.
0: and how trauma often acts over time. And that this what you think is a negative intrusive thought is telling you there's something you have to pay attention to. That is happening here. That doesn't sit well with you, but you don't allow yourself to know it.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I do have another question now that you summarize Mm -hmm. that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, in the not knowing or not questioning and In that, when it brings shame in a way and hiddenness, how am I supposed to feel? I mean, obviously, you you can't tell me how I'm supposed to feel, but like in the silence, in the quietness, and in the shame, how do I get out of that? Because I feel like if I were to attack those, that feeling in the moment, it would stop evil voice from coming in later on.
0: But it's not attack. It's attend. Okay. You attend these feelings. You don't attack these feelings. The goal is not to eradicate them with pesticides. (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. if you do that, you're going to get more evil voices. That I'm going to say since you don't want to listen to me on this channel, let me bring out another channel mm-hmm. that whispers in your ear. Yeah you know I don't know to answer you specifically because I don't know the nature of the assault, the nat- you know the particular way that you experience the shame. I, I can give you a generic, but I think yes. you are in therapy, right? Yes, yes. I think that that's work that would be really helpful to do with your therapist, which is, it's, you know, what, what is the shame? What happens when it gets hidden? You know, I think you're the one who said earlier, I don't like to be angry or, uh, you know, it, anger is, has a force Mm -hmm. in this. It's, it can be a positive force. It's an, it's an anger that fights for you. It's an anger that says, this is not okay. It's an anger that, looks to your boyfriend and says, you know, we don't have to go into the details of anything, but I do, I do Mm -hmm. need you to not act in a way that makes me feel that I'm once again with someone who doesn't notice anything and gets away with it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And reinforces that. Even though I know you're not doing this on purpose and you have no idea that this is even happening. Each of us comes with a story and this is a part of my story. When you do that alone, it's about allowing yourself to be angry. To see the the wrong that was done, the harm that was done. To not think that what you talk to me about, I'm over it. Over it is I'm able to continue living with it. But that doesn't mean I now put it in hiding. I now never bring it up. I now just say, done, closed, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: keys are on the lock. When it comes up, I sit with it for a moment. I say, what, what's happening? Why, why now? Why this? What's it telling me? What does it need?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the repurposing anger to benefit me. And anger's there to um, be my ally, to fight for me. So I, I really like that. Did you know the person? I did. Um, this person was a longtime friend of mine. He knew my family. I knew his family. Um, it was my 21st birthday. I was obviously rightfully blacked out drunk. <laughs> He was supposed to be my DD. Um, And yeah, he dropped me off on my apartment and decided now or never kind of thing. And he and I never talked about hooking up before that. I mean, he was like a brother, essentially. I knew him when when I was 10. Um, Yeah, and haven't spoken to him since. It's been... Seven years since the assault? Nine now? Nine? Wait, seven. It's going to be seven years, actually. No, I can't do math. Uh, eight years in September. Yeah. So it's, co- it's going to be eight years. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and in the beginning, it was kind of like that where I asked myself, like, how did he get away with this? My friends were still his friends. I hung out with him once to see maybe I can forgive him. And I just, I was terrified for my life um, when I was with him. And it's just, I, yeah. And I I mean, now as an adult, now letting time um, pass, I have now chosen friends that choose me. I have now, like, distanced myself from the people that decided to continue being friends with that person. Um, but yeah, it was definitely someone that I knew that was very, very close with.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there is also a huge betrayal.
1: Yeah. The betrayal was, was very hard to get over.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't mean to ask you. And, no, it's okay. um, but it it all every one of these details make a difference. Yeah. Right? And the recovery yeah. of sexual assault, as my friend Holly Richmond says, is connection, control, and pleasure. So you experience a reconnection and the freedom to Mm -hmm. connect again. You experience control, not as in being in control, but as in surrendering control voluntarily. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: There's no greater freedom than voluntary surrender. That's the opposite of an assault. And then the reclaiming of pleasure. And I hope that you mm-hmm. find your way to all of these.
1: I'm definitely working my way there. But yeah, it's been, it's been a journey.
0: <laughs> What's incredible is that you went to meet him with the hopes that you could forgive him. Mm-hmm. Why? <laughs> Why not first have him be accountable for his actions? Yeah. One hundred percent.
1: I I was naive. I was young.
0: No, no. It's but yeah. like you yeah. know, that's why the, the the power of your anger mm. because it has a purpose. It's not just I'm angry. Is actually even more important than I had initially imagined because you were ready to run to to forgive him without him experiencing any responsibility. Blame, accountability, remorse, guilt. Only when people experience those things does forgiving have the meaning that it needs to have. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: It's very hard to forgive someone who is not taking responsibility for their actions that doesn't show remorse or guilt for hurting you. Mm -hmm. this is true for him, but this is also a message for you henceforward, for the others. We could go on. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to say goodbye to you right here. And I'm I'm looking forward to hearing from you.
1: Yes, you will. You will hear from me. Thank you you so much, Esther.
0: You're welcome. Bye-bye.
3: This was an Esther calling, a one-time intervention phone call recorded remotely from two points somewhere in the world. If you have a question you'd like to explore with Esther, it could be answered in a 40 or 50-minute phone call. Send her a voice message and Esther might just call you. Send your question to producer at estherperel.com. Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel is produced by Magnificent Noise. We're part of the Vox Media Podcast Network in partnership with New York Magazine and The Cut. Our production staff includes Eric Newsom, Eva Walchover, Destry Sibley, Huete Katana, Sabrina Farhi, Eleanor Kagan, Kristen Muller, and Julian Hatton. Original music and additional production by Paul Schneider. And the executive producers of Where Should We Begin are Esther Perel and Jesse Baker. We'd also like to thank Courtney Hamilton, Mary Alice Miller, Jen Marler, and Jack Saul.